Hey guys, welcome to an episode of Let's Get Candid, a podcast where we dive into the ups and downs of life and explore different perspectives on the interesting topic of the week. And I'm Crystal. And I'm Haley. Yay! So hello, Haley, my special guest for today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. How's your Friday? No, I'll be honest. It's been a little bit rockier than normal Friday, um, but we're getting through it. <laughs> getting through it, and it's the weekend. Almost the weekend. Almost the weekend. So we've known each other, I want to say, for almost two years now, mm-hmm. which is pretty insane. And... I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself to people who are listening who might not know you. Yes, sure. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me. This is so <laughs> exciting. Um, so I moved to DC actually two years ago. Um, I lived 22 years of my life um, in Ohio. I graduated from Miami of Ohio. Um, yeah, not Miami and Florida. Um, and I moved to DC for this job, which is how Crystal and I know each other through work. Um, but I think, you know, just a, a brief little synopsis about me. I love reading. Um, I love nature and exploring and eating. Um, and pre-pandemic, finding the best happy hours as well as traveling. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I hope that covers what you were looking for, Crystal. Yeah, no. So yeah, like you said, we met each other through work. So we both work at Georgetown, very different departments, which we'll get into a little later. So I haven't actually seen you since like February, March, maybe March, February, early March. March, early March. And we see each other often through zoom and we chat every day because of work, but, um, you know, how has life in the pandemic been for you? It's been difficult, right? It's, um, I am very much a people person, um, very much an extrovert. And so this is a really difficult time for, for those folks who identify in the same way. Um, I get my energy from people. And so um, I, I was living in an apartment in DC and I actually moved home. Um, I would have lost my mind, I think, if I was alone in my apartment. Um, And so I moved home back in March, and I've been with my mom and my sister since. So that's been nice. It's been nice quality family time um, and a lot of it. Um, But I definitely do miss, you know, the social aspects of D.C. and my friends. I was on a cornhole league team. Um, You know, it was very social. We were not good. But, you know, I think this time is I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. Um, but I definitely do miss those normal aspects of life. Um, because nothing right now feels normal. And for those who are listening, don't listen to her. She's great at cornhole. I can attest. Uh, we went once or twice, maybe after work or after an event at like local bars or something like that. But what about with you? You know, quarantine's been about the same. I my life hasn't really changed all that much. Um, I, on the other hand, am a very strong introvert. So the first maybe four months of quarantine, I was straight up thriving. I loved being alone and not having to make up excuses 
to not see people. Felt like there was just a lot more balance in my life where I could choose the things I wanted to do versus always having to run to one thing or another, which might have been just the nature of my job or a flaw of mine where I can't say no to people or I have difficulty making up excuses and creating those boundaries in my life. So I think the first few months was great. Honestly, the last few months have been hard. I think my introvertness has run out and I'm like, Oh, I want to do all these things now, but there's no one to do them with or it's not safe to. So um, that's kind of how my podcast started. I was starting to feel pretty lonely. My sister had moved back to college. But what's crazy is that you also started a podcast and we never even talked about this. Like we talk every day and we never it never crossed our minds to mention to each other like the things that we were doing even though we talk a lot about our hobbies like you yeah. talk to me about your gardening about other things that you're doing with your family and I'll share like my YouTube stuff this is like a big deal and like neither of us like brought it up and it's insane but how did you start like your idea for your podcast yeah so i think you know you bring up a lot of good points because I think in the beginning of quarantine, I was like, whew, I have time to breathe a little bit. Like, it's a little bit easier and breezier. Um, my wallet is so happy because I'm not going happy <laughs> hours all the time. Um, and then I think, you know, recently I hit this point, I guess it was a couple months ago, where um, I was like, I need to do things. Like, I am the type of person who always goes, right? And so... Um, you mentioned gardening. I started doing that. I started doing yoga. Um, I started getting into makeup. So now I just like do random makeup looks with wigs because why not? Um, and your skincare. Yes. Uh, my skincare. Literally, you name it. I have tried it. Like, <laughs> like it's just been, you know, such a time to explore. And so um, I started a newsletter, which is called The Positive Post, and that goes out um, once a week. It's just like a, a weekly roundup of feel-good stories that I send to friends and family, um, just because our news is so heavy. Um, so, you know, I've, I've started doing all these things, and, you know, I had another point, uh, like two or three weeks ago, where I was like, okay, now what? Um, <laughs> and I was talking with my best friend from home, Kim. Um, and she was like, you should start a podcast. It should be about self-improvement. Like you are just like so positive and so uplifting. Like I would listen to it every morning. And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I have enough to talk about? Like what life lessons would I like share? I'm 24. Like mom knows more than me. <laughs> and so then it kind of became a well, mom does know more than me. And um, that's kind of where the idea sparked. So um, my podcast is called One Book, Two Lives. And it is me and my mom um, reading and highlighting a children's story in the beginning of the podcast episode, and then diving into some of the themes, the ideas. Um, I think it just shows that even though it's children's literature, we still have room to learn and grow. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it grows um, and how my mom and I grow together. Um, I'll be honest. She was like, I don't know. You're like so much better at this than I am. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody wants to hear me. 
And of course, after the first episode went out, so many people were like chatting me and messaging me. They're like, Haley, oh my gosh, your mom is so cute. And I'm like, I know. So now mom is all for it. She's like, so fun. What are we going to do next? And I'm like, okay. She just needed that push. So as we mentioned, um, we both work together. So we're first and foremost co-workers and then also good friends. I think our friendship really came out of just bonding over a lot of different things that we share interest in, whether that was like movies or happy hour spots or TV shows. I feel like we we just bond on so many levels where sometimes like we don't even need to like articulate it. And one of those things that we've spent, I think, hours talking about is Enneagrams. Yes. So if you don't know what an Enneagram is, it's a personality test that sorts you basically into nine different types. And there are also wings involved, which are sort of subtypes for each of these nine archetypes of personalities. And so it's a test that you can take online. And um, Haley and I are very passionate about this. And we know a lot of other people are too. I think it really depends on how well you identify with it. Other people get their results and they're not thrilled or they don't really resonate with the description so they might not be as excited so Haley, what's your enneagram so i'm a strong number two with a wing of three so twos are known as the helpers um which if you know me or have ever interacted with me it's probably the least surprising news you've heard <laughs> um but two wing threes are you know more defined as the host or the hostess but what is yours crystal remind me i am a type one wing two and i also very heavily identify with this specific combination i'm actually such a two that it hurts sometimes like i follow these enneagram <laughs> meme pages on instagram which if you decide to take this enneagram quiz and figure it out or you already know please look up the meme pages because they really hurt my feelings like they're so <laughs> accurate and I like I'll scroll through them and I'm like wow there's this whole community of people who also don't know how to say no or are also you know super people pleasing um but on the flip side of that there are good things about us you know we're generous and friendly um but it's definitely there's such a community behind it too Crystal do you follow any of those pages by the way I do. Or actually, I follow more of the creative artsy pages because I like the positiveness. I'm like, yes, that written in cursive is me with the flowers in the background. That's me versus like the SpongeBob memes that are like so deprecating. I'm like, oh, man, that's also me. And I am the kind of person that has trouble sometimes articulating how I feel because the feelings are so abstract to me, but when someone writes it in really nice font with really pretty colors and I get that in like a text or something, I feel so like understood in a way that I don't think I did before I took this test. Not that it changed my life, but I think it's helped me to understand myself and why I react to certain things the way I do in a better fashion. Yeah, I, I agree. I follow those pages too. Um... And, but if I'm really like either feeling down on myself or just need a good laugh, the meme pages are where I go. <laughs> um, but I think also, you know, that sense of community, especially on the, the artsy pages, um, you know, it, it really breaks down 
what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, and where we can grow. And so that's really where I like to look too, is, you know, how are other twos, wing threes, um, how are they going through, you know, stressful times? Like what tips do they share about, um, you know, how they're dealing with stress or especially in this time of quarantine? Um, all two wing threes are extroverted. So how are we all as a collective kind of getting through this? Like what, mm -hmm. um, what different ideas and um, fun things have, have people been up to? And so I think there's, um, there's a, a sense of community there too. Hmm. What aspects of a two wing three do you think you identify the most with or are like your strongest affiliations with that type? Yeah. So if you look at any of the pages, it's always like, they don't know how to say no. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so that one for sure. Um, that's actually something that comes up a lot in my professional life of, you know, Haley, you have to be able to say no. And I'm like, mm, well, okay. So I've been learning. I've been pushing myself a little bit more. Um, most of the time it's not a no. It's like a, I can't do all of this, but I can do this. <laughs> but I would say that. I would also say um, the people-pleasing aspect, which goes along with can't say no. Um, but also just like the kind-heartedness and the generosity of the twos. Um, I, I like to believe that I'm pretty friendly and generous and, um, you know, not just with my time, but I also like to donate, you know, to volunteer organizations or, you know, whatever. Um, which I hate sounding like I'm bragging about myself, which I am. No, um, this is stuff that you're passionate about. It's things that give you purpose. So no, go for it. Yes. That's a good way to look at it. What about you and being a one? What are your, your strengths and weaknesses there? Ones are not the most liked. They're also not the least liked mm -hmm. type. Um, but when people say that they're a one, they're usually identifying with the detail-orientedness of that type and always kind of being on top of things, the hustle, the grind. I feel like I relate to a lot of those things. I'm very logical, uh -huh. um, very methodical in my work, in my emotions even, to the point where sometimes the emotions get lost. Ones are very obsessed with organization. I think what's interesting about the one wing two is that the identification with the two is actually really strong and it actually drives a lot of what the ones do. And so like I mentioned, they're perfectionists. Ones are innate perfectionists, but that standard of perfection for a one wing two is based off of what is best for the people around them or the constituents of that situation. So if a one wing two is like in the situation where they're a leader, and they have to make a decision that's best for that group, a normal one might just try to make everything seamless. They might try to aim for this like golden standard of whatever that looks like. But a one wing two will probably solicit the feedback of their stakeholders. And perfection looks different in whatever situation they're in because it's all about what is best for the group and the collective good. So it's this idea of, you know, utilitarianism, but also like getting the job done. And they have a really, really strong sense of purpose and they try to justify that to like, to everybody. If they're working with people that understand 
why they're so uptight sometimes and they can help bring them down or you know nurture them to get to this solution then the end product is great i mean it also helps me with my job too like you know being a type two helps you with yours i was literally just about to say how much i see your one come out in what you do um pre-pandemic when we would plan events in the building um how detail oriented you are and how planned out it is um you know we've sat in on meetings and we're chatting each other like this is horrible this is not <laughs> this is not what we want like this is just not going to go well and so you know i think it's funny because we rely on each other where you come in with this very logical like you know explanation as to what's going to work what's not going to work and then i come in with the well what about the students and what about mm. the participants and you know the goal of the event is to feel x y and z and so we work so well together in that way mm -hmm. and that's exactly what one wing twos need because oftentimes they can lean on like the one side too much where they forget about why they're doing this mm -hmm. but once you remind them then that too kicks in and they're like oh yeah like that's the goal yeah we make a good team we do i think so i just remember meeting you and i was like I have to protect her at all costs. I don't know what I was protecting you from, but like, I just knew. <laughs> like, I, I want to be her friend and I adore her. Aww. So here we are. <laughs> like if you had to, you know, recommend this job to someone and you had like one selling point or one thing that keeps you at this role, like what would you say that would be? Honestly, this is really where my Enneagram shines. It's the people, the people that I work with, have a huge impact on what I do. Um, they impact the culture and the environment. And you know, if if you don't have a healthy work culture, people don't feel respected, and you know that it can get pretty toxic pretty quickly. I am lucky to work with a really wonderful team um, that appreciates the work that I do. Um, is always willing to pitch in if I let them, but also the people that I work for. Um, and so. You know, looking at the students that I work for, I work for five programs uh, and they're all master's level programs, but they're all across the board. You know, anything from sports to supply chain, that's a lot of different ages, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of really awesome stories. And so um, when I came into the advising role, my thing was always build a relationship. They are people, they're people first, they're also most likely working professionals and students on top of that. They have family lives, they have everything going on. And so meet them where they're at, you know? I think you only get that experience in a role like yours, where you get the opportunity to meet so many different types of people, but like you're not necessarily in their industry. So it's a very unique gateway into meeting people in these fields. I have never been shy from networking. Um, I think something I learned from my grandpa when I was probably four was <laughs> that it's about who you know. You can make connections with anyone. It doesn't matter, you know, if their beliefs are different than yours, their politics, whatever it might be, like build connections because you never know who they can introduce you to or, you know, what can happen from this friendship, from this connection. Do you find yourself 
focusing on making friendships at work or is it like strictly business for you? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's hard because this is my first job. Um, and the first couple of months of this job, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and something that I learned quickly is that it's not always the work that impacts you, but the people you work with. And so trying to navigate all of these different personalities all at the same time, um, a lot of times people have, you know, set agendas um, and trying to figure out what all these people want, what they want from you, what you want, how to get what you want. And so I think this is where my poli sci degree comes into play um, because while it's not as high stakes as running a country, um, I am trying to, you know, keep my programs afloat. And so I tend to focus on building relationships first. And if those relationships then become work friendships, what a blessing, right? Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing to have work friendships. I think I focus definitely on work relationships and that is selfishly so that I can get my things done that I need done. Yeah, I agree. I feel like starting off professionally is always safe because then mm-hmm. it has the potential to move forward. But if you jump into like, everyone's gotta be friends, everyone needs to like each other, everyone needs to agree. And if I don't like the way you do something that's not even work related, like I'm not going to talk to you. I feel like those expectations are super toxic and just unrealistic. It's always a blessing to have work friends or colleagues who become people that you can share deeper things with because that level of vulnerability helps you celebrate their successes. And to receive that in a work setting is so empowering when someone knows you and is able to say to you like, hey, you can do this or have you tried to do this in the most like constructive and understanding way. And you know that they're doing that not because they're trying to achieve a work agenda, but they're doing that because they care about you as a person. But there's also times where I feel like there needs to be a line where, you know, if everyone's just trying to be friends, then eventually you're only going to work with the people that you like and sometimes you'll walk into a meeting or a committee and you'll be like oh these are all friends they're they're all like on the same page like what do i have to bring to this like i'm just here and eventually those groups of people become just groups of people that are doing a lot of things but they might not be the best suited for that mission of that initiative and they might not have the background or the insight that other people have because of the nature of their professional roles. I think work friendships really come in handy when there's stress at work or, you know, something outside of work is affecting your work life. It's really helpful to have those people that you can talk to that can understand you and that you can be more transparent with without feeling like you need to hide like all parts of yourself and strictly be professional. I totally agree. And I think one thing that I, I want to note is the work relationships versus work friendships, work relationships like aren't just transactional, right? Like there's still empathy involved. There's still care for, you know, these people. Um, You might not like them all the time and that's okay. You don't have to like everyone all the time, something I'm still learning um, and not everyone has to like you. That, That sense of empathy still needs to be there. I saw a post on LinkedIn, I think it was yesterday and it was like, you know, this lady, 
received a phone call from her mom and her mom found out some really devastating news about her health. And this lady was like, I immediately, I was in a meeting and I immediately went back into the meeting. I picked up my bag and my coat and I walked out. She goes, I couldn't say anything. And as she was like going to the door to go to the car to go meet her mom, um, she passed the senior vice president who was like, hey, you know, whatever her name was, um, you know, are you okay? And she said, and I turned around, I had tears in my eyes and she goes, I just have to go. And without even questioning it, the senior vice president looked at her and said, I totally understand, do what you need to do, you know, get in touch when you have time, we've got it covered here. And that is all that needed to be said. It was just this empathetic moment of, you've got personal things going on. That is not my business. If you're ready to share that with me, that's great, but you've got to go and take care of something and mm -hmm. no questions asked. And I think that was such a beautiful example of what a work relationship can be. To add on to that, I think what's really cool is, you know, she felt comfortable enough to do that mm -hmm. because if she wasn't even comfortable doing that, then she wouldn't have gotten to that point of having that really awesome conversation, like that interaction between her and that senior vice president. Mm -hmm. And I think back to previous jobs I've had where I almost feel sometimes ashamed or like I don't have like the right clearance or like position or pay grade to request something like that, like mental time off or just like a vacation or, you know, flex hours or something like that. Like I almost felt like I couldn't justify those things because of just the culture of whatever organization I was working for at that time. And so to be able to feel comfortable to request those things or like to talk about what's going on and how you can potentially make your work situation better and how the people around you can help with that. I feel like that is a sign of a healthy work environment and an understanding work team. Yeah, I, I this is, I laugh not because of what you said, but because <laughs> I was thinking about like the most relatable thing that I have to say, which like, I guess is good that I have not received such horrible news at work that that needs to happen. So like, Thank God. But I remember there was one day we were back in the office pre-COVID and I had found out that my dog died. Mm. And I went to my boss and I was like, hey, just wanted you to know my dog is dying. And if I seem off today, like that's why. And which, by the way, I was proud of myself for being like, I can talk about my emotions because I don't do that ever. And so he was like, why don't, why don't you go find some space and like take a walk, like do what you need to do. Like it's okay. And he was just so kind about it. And like that culture, like that team culture that my boss has created um, and the folks in my office have created is so nice because yes, it was just my dog, but like that dog was a family member. Yeah. Okay. I took a walk and then I went back to my desk and he came over and he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm a little sad. And he was like, okay, just like, let me know if you want to like dip out a little early today. Like if you Aww. need anything, let me know. We're reacting like this because we know exactly who she's talking about. And it just warms my heart that he would do something like this because he is just one of the kindest, but also sassiest people. Don't, don't kill me. If you're listening to this, you're, you're great. <laughs> um, no, he really is like, he's like pretty stoic. Um, and we joke around often at my expense um but like the these little tender moments are really where he shines as a 
as a boss. So I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I have a very similar story, actually. Um, I was in a relationship when I started this job. And it was a pretty serious relationship because it was long distance. There was one day where I ended up breaking up with this guy and context, I've never broken up with a guy before. So it was like very tough emotionally to like, again, say no, right, Haley? Yeah. Uh-huh. And stand up for yourself and like identify your emotions and do something about it. But I had just the most amazing supervisor when I started. She was just the kindest, most compassionate and patient person that I think I've ever worked with and definitely one of the most amazing people I know to this day. Um, and I was super nervous because I was coming from a very corporate environment where you have to be in at a certain time, you don't leave before your supervisor. I live about an hour and a half from work one way and I'm supposed to get in at like 8.30 and I got in at like 10, 10, 15, 10.30 that day and I was like on the metro and I like g-chatted her and I was like, hey, like, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm on the metro right now. Can we go out to coffee when I get in? And she was like, yeah, no, of course, like get in safely, right? And it's because I overslept because I stayed up so late talking to this guy and breaking up with him and I was crying and my eyes were just like swollen. It, it was a whole mess. Like I thought about like calling in sick, but I was like, I can't, I can't do that yet. Like it's probably better just to go in late, right? Um, so I get in, it's like 10.30 and I walk in the door and she looks at me with these eyes and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, do you want to go get coffee? Like I still had a smile on because I was like, I can't like act sad right now, right? Well, also because you're you, but mm-hmm, go ahead. Okay, okay. Anyways, um, and we go out to coffee and I used to drink so much coffee. I've quit for, it's been over a year now. And so we go to the nearest coffee shop and we sit down and I know that she's not getting anything. And I was like, oh, you don't want anything? She's like, no, I hate coffee. I like can't like function with coffee. And I was like, we could have gone somewhere else. Like, why did you want to come here? She's like, oh, because you wanted it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are too kind, but I, I will also not drink coffee. So we just ended up not buying anything. Um, and she's like, how is everything? Like, are you okay? She didn't even ask like, why were you late? She was just like, how are you? back up we're walking to the coffee shop this is important this is important we're walking to the coffee shop and having this conversation and i was like oh i broke up with my boyfriend last night and she gives me a hug while we're walking to the coffee shop and i was like i don't think i've ever touched my bosses in like past lives like what is going on but she gave me a hug and she was like all right let's get into the get into the cafe and like let's just talk right and i've known this person for like four weeks max and she knows nothing about me besides the fact that I have no events experience and she's here taking time out of her day, like unannounced, like I don't even know if she had anything at that moment because I literally got into the office and she's like, let's go. I just tell her like everything that happened. I probably shared too much, but at the end she was like, you know, I went through something very similar and she shared her experience with a previous relationship that had a lot of the same struggles that I did. And I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. You know, like I, I never asked a boss this many questions before, but it was just a beautiful moment. And I felt like after that, I could talk about literally anything with her, like anything that would come up where I needed to take a day off or I needed to leave a little early. Like suddenly I didn't feel guilty for like 
wanting to go to an event or wanting to eat with my family or go to like a church event. I never felt guilty about that after that because I knew as long as I got my work done, as long as it made sense for my team and for the work that we were doing to make sure we were covered, that I, I knew she would be supportive. She was the best and we're still friends now. You know, we don't talk as often, obviously. She's moved on to a different organization. I love that. And that's so important um, to have, have those types of relationships. Um, and even more special that we have those with our bosses. And we have those with each other. You know, we've yes. been through a series of breakups together and also- Oh, have we? Especially the work things that happen. Um, we're very much comfortable talking about those things and can support each other. I think what makes this work for us is that we work in very different departments. And so the work that we do does cross over a lot. Like we support each other in a lot of the initiatives that we do. The nature of our work is very, very different where we can offer that perspective to each other without stepping on each other's toes. Because everything that we share, we both know that it's just suggestions. It's just our, our opinion from a very far distance. And we don't take it personally where it's like, oh, you're trying to tell me how to do my job where you're micromanaging. Yeah, I, I totally echo that. I think <laughs> I, I look back and one of the things that I miss most about being in the office is our random, like, I can tell when you're having a bad day. You can tell when mm. I'm having a bad day. Nobody else can tell we're having bad days because <laughs> who we are as individuals. But we know each other well enough that it's like, do you want to go take a walk? Do you have time to go grab coffee? We used to go to Mason Kaiser all the time. Rest in peace. Oh, it was so good. We used to get the little coquettes. Oh, oh. I'm so sad now. Wow. Anyways, but like, you know, the, the little things of even if it was just a 10 minute run next door, grab a snack, grab a coffee, um, getting away from our desks and the people that we were upset with or weren't upset with, whatever it was, like just having that person that I knew I could go to if things were not going well that day that had my back. And because I feel like I would be burdening my boss if I was like, someone so looked at me wrong. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, he doesn't need to know that. But like with Crystal, I'm like, <laughs> and it's just, it's really nice. And those little moments and our burrito runs and, mm. Mm, Oh, dumplings. Dumplings. Bubble tea. Oh my gosh, remember when we went to get bubble tea and it was like pouring rain? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the things we do for the nice things in life. We, uh, that was quite a day. We really needed it. And then I walked with you to get your, your Chinese food one time and bubble tea was on the way home. You're like, come on, let's get bubble tea. I was having a bad day. And you're like, it's my treat. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my tree. Oh, and I baked you banana bread for your birthday. That's all you wanted for your birthday was banana yeah, bread. I, I really like, wanted banana bread. And now I'm sick of it because that's the only thing I know how to make <laughs> because of quarantine. But yeah, I totally echo what you're saying about how nice it is to have that support. And I think for us, it just works also because of, like you mentioned, our Enneagrams. Like we're both the type to be able to tap into that emotional that aspect of each other and other people where we can take on a lot of stuff if someone's venting or i give them that space but then 
we know like the other person is willing to just take it on as well. And so I feel very lucky to be able to have a friend like you where we work is truly unique because of that focus in relationships and knowing people for who they are and celebrating their life and not just what they can offer me professionally or the organization or the company. So I think that's really special that, you know, not only is Georgetown a place where we can do that, but that, you know, we started around the same time and we we're both looking for friends and <laughs> we we're both kind of new at what we were doing. So it was like, just, I think, really prime for us to connect on a lot of things. You and me both, and especially in this time of quarantine too, um, even if it's just by chat and podcast recording. <laughs> All right, Haley. So now we are in the section of the podcast where I ask you a deep, dark, juicy question. Ooh, I'm ready. You ready? All right. We're going to do Would You Rather... And so okay. I'm going to ask you to pick a number between 1 and 100. Ooh. I'm feeling good about 76. 76. I don't know why that, that seems to be a winner today. All right, here we go. Oh, boy. Would you rather own your own boat or your own plane? Oh, oh that's so difficult. <laughs> This is a hard one. Uh, ¿Por qué no los dos? Um, uh, okay, I'm going to go with a plane, though. Um, I love being out on the water, and I would love to own a boat, but um, I would also like to get out of this country sometimes, and the most efficient way to do so would be by plane. Um, plus, I love flying, so that's... Yeah, we'll go with we'll go with owning a plane. Can you imagine hmm. that flexibility to travel? Like, yeah. Let me just call my plane. Hold on. <laughs> Does it come with a pilot? <laughs> because I can't fly it. But if somebody does it for me, let's assume the plane comes with a pilot and the boat comes with a driver. Do a boat's driven? A captain? captain. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah, we're still going to go with the plane. Mm. Um, although a boat with a captain would be nice as well. What would your answer be? I think I would choose plane as well. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, the flexibility. You could be in another country in a matter of hours. I personally am not a huge fan of flying. I get very claustrophobic. But if it was my own plane, it could just be me. It could. It could be you and your pilot. <laughs> yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, definitely a plane because I don't know if you've read the Crazy Rich Asian books. There are three of them. Mm -hmm. And one of them, one of the characters has this crazy plane with like different floors, a spa, <gasps> like it is nuts. And I don't know how realistic that is, but like, I'm assuming that it probably could be a thing. Um, but if that was my plane and I could go and get a nice like massage, get midnight nails done, maybe like a pamper plane. <gasps> pamper plane. That's a concept that we need in our lives right now. I, we, we need to do something about that because somebody's going to listen to this and be like a pamper plane. 
and then take our idea crystal so oh, no we we need to do it now so this was our idea. We came up with it. Whoever does the pamper plane, we get some commission from it. Yeah. Or just give us one. I would be okay with that too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. Um, felt like Haley and I were just catching up like we normally do. It took me back to like our lunchtime dates to all the great places near our office in DC. So was very nostalgic so thank you Haley for joining please do me a favor follow this podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts please 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 leave a review and a five-star rating and download the full episode and listen to it Haley where can they find you on social media so uh, my personal Twitter and Instagram are at Haley M bar h-a-i-l-e-y m bar with two r's um, and then the podcast is One Book, Two Lives, and that's on Spotify and Anchor. Yes, yeah, so please be sure to check out her podcast. We will connect with you on a future episode. So everyone take care. Until next time. Bye. Bye.